Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you to see how you're doing. I just had a smoothie for dinner. Oh, boy. Exciting. I had a fucking smoothie for dinner, and uh, I don't think I made it right. It tastes weird. I could taste what it was trying to be. And then I looked at the ingredients, and I realized that I fucked it up. Um, what the hell was it here? It was, I'll tell you the recipe. I got it on Christine's Chicken. No, Kristen's, Kristen's Kitchen. Christine's Chicken. See, this is why I did bad in school. Like, I have some fucking, <laughs> fucking undiagnosed uh, dyslexia, or I'm just stupid. Kristen's kitchen became christine's chicken um a cocoa almond protein smoothie three quarters a cup of greek yogurt a half a cup plus two tablespoons of milk i didn't see the two tablespoons of milk i just did a a quarter of a cup of milk one medium banana sliced preferably frozen half a tablespoon of unsweetened cocoa powder two tablespoons of almond butter two teaspoons of ground flaxseed that's optional and three quarters of a cup of ice, of ice cubes, I should say. Three quarters of a cup. Um, Jesus Christ. I don't know what I did wrong with that. But it did not look like the one that they made. Because you know what they did was after they made it, they then put a little, they put like three banana slices on top. And then they, they crumpled some dark chocolate on top of it. You're like, what the fuck is that? And then you look at yours after you get done making it and it just looks like, you know. Somebody shouldn't have drank the water. <laughs> but it tasted good. And I'm hanging in there. You know, I had an acting gig today, you know, and I had, you know, low budget things. So I had to bring my own costume, as they say, my own wardrobe. And I grabbed some slacks and a shirt. And um, it ended up being, uh, you know, from my skinny days. And I was able to fit. I had to squeeze in, but I was able to fit. So I'm getting back. All right. I feel like I'm past the halfway point and, uh, you know, I'm sticking with this shit. Although I am going back east coming up to Foxwoods, so that might be a bad couple of days. Uh, but I don't know what I'll do. I'll find an elliptical somewhere or I'll do something. I'll do something. I'll, I will figure out something. But uh, I've had a really, really, really good week. I had such a good time uh, on that acting gig today. And, uh, you know, I had to play, you know, like I said, I only had a couple of lines playing this little character. And what's great, though, is uh, when you have a shaved head, you know, and then you shave your beard off, like the, the, like the hair person now has a complete blank slate to work with. And they can just age you, make you younger, whatever. And we just had a fucking blast today. And uh, I came out, I didn't even, people didn't even know it was me. It was so much fucking fun. So much fun. All right. So that's for all you young actors out there. All right. If you're fucking unsightly like myself and you're losing your hair, just know, you know, there's so much fun to be have still, you know, it's okay if you don't look like Brad Pitt, you can look like me and still get fucking work and then just steer into how fucked up you look. And then it just becomes uh, like the best time ever. And that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we shot today um, at this location and the guy who let us in 
he had what looked like a Harley Road King, but it had like the windscreen and the radio and all of that on it. And oh, did I get the motorcycle bug? Oh my God, did I get the motorcycle bug? Once in your life, if you're an American, you got to ride a fucking Road King. You just have to do it. Um, so I don't know. I just he turned it on. That thing, fucking that engine, that V twin, whatever the fuck they call it. I was just like, I, 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 I want one of those. I didn't want one, and then I saw yours, and I heard it, and now I want it. You know, that's how it works. It's basically how it works. So, um, but anyway, we uh, did the acting gig, and everybody I was working with was fun. Director was awesome, and it was a really fun project. And uh, you know, got in and out of there in like a half a day. I mean, actually, the longest thing was the hair and the makeup. Uh, peel that shit off me afterwards or the makeup lady doing it. Um, and she did a great job too. I'll tell you, underrated, underrated. If you're acting and they put a bunch of stuff on you, at the end of the day, if the makeup person actually hangs around and gives you the right products to get all of that extra shit off of your face is incredible because there's some people I've worked with and like a week after I've wrapped on the gig, you know, I'll just scratch behind my ear and there's still glue or something. Something's stuck there. It's like invisible and you can't see it. And you got to have some oil-based thing to get it off. And then finally it just starts looking like, like, what is that? Is that an old age spot? And you realize it's, it's, this is gross. It's like fucking old glue. Maybe not a week later, but like a day or two later. It's just fucking like, you just feel like you can't get clean. (laughs) So... Anyway, shout out to my Boston Red Sox, who I've been watching for the last uh, five games, including tonight. Of course, I sit down on the, and, you know, Bill, oh, Billy the Mush, you know, I watched him lose four straight games, get swept by the, uh, the Devil Rays. I watched that whole series, and I watched him lose the first of a three-game set against the, uh, the Detroit Tigers, yeah, but tonight they won, and I uh, hit a couple of home runs and shit. Getting to know the team, you know, getting caught up, getting ready for fucking October baseball and everything, and um, love and listen to Eckersley in his own language. You know, it's just fun listening to that guy call a game and everything. Um, I always think it's great when there's a pitcher in the booth because, uh, I don't know, I just feel like with hitters, you can kind of see what they're doing, but like he's always calling the pitches and guess, guessing the pitches and saying why the guy did it, or blah, 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 or what he should have done and all of that. I fucking love it, man. Really uh, enjoyable. Um, Shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) They're putting together a boy band out there. My God. They already bought a title two fucking years ago, right? They buy LeBron because they know that he's like a fucking, he's like a, uh, what do you call it? That's like a cornerstone. And then all the fucking free agents will flutter over to him like a moth to a light. Then they get Anthony Davis, right? Fuck New Orleans. Those people, they don't don't deserve anything, do they? It's just New Orleans. They're just Americans. Why should they enjoy an NBA title? Why should they have Anthony Davis and Zion, right? Fuck it. Go ahead. See ya. He goes to there and they buy a fucking title. Um, 
oh my god, I was fucking teasing Laker fans on Twitter. Jesus Christ! And then they fucking uh, they all took the bait, and none of them could defend them buying a title. All they kept saying, "You mad, bro? Don't be sad. Why you hating?" That's the intellect of a Laker fan. But what else are they going to say? They should just admit it. Yeah, we're buying titles. <laughs> Why I do it? We bought one in 2008. The Celtics bought a fucking title. That was a fucking pile-on championship. There you go. And we and but you know what? We only we only need two. We only needed two free agents. Unlike these cunts. Then they had uh fucking uh what's his face? Tim Witherspoon there. Uh, Westbrook. Then they had him, right? And they go, here we go again. And then I don't know what. I guess they were watching an episode of the Golden Girls, so they they signed fucking Carmelo Anthony. All right. Oh, oh my God. He's he's an all defensive player. <laughs> okay. Um, and then today they got for like the third fucking time, Dwight Howard. I think the Lakers are just for some reason it just bothered them that this fucking Adonis could not win a ring with them. They just have to fucking get this guy a goddamn ring. Um, but that is, you know, I guess it's it's consistent with the Lakers. They've always bought other people's stars. It's just what they do. That's what they do. They're Mount Rushmore. They always talk about all the great centers, centers in fucking L.A. Laker history. And none of them, none of them, unless you go back to World War II and find the white guy, George Mikan. And that was in Minneapolis. But there's not one Hall of Fame center in the Los Angeles Lakers history that was a drafted Los Angeles Laker. They cannot pick a fucking center to save their fucking lives. So they got to take out the checkbook and buy Wilt and buy Kareem and buy Shaq and buy Anthony Davis. They just got to buy the guys. Ugh. Which I guess is fine because that's how they fucking do it now. But like for them to just sit there, oh, you know, Kobe's got five titles. He's only one behind fucking Jordan. It's like Jordan didn't get a boatload of free agent help every fucking year. It's not the same thing. You can say he's got five and Jordan has six, but don't act like it's the same level of difficulty because it isn't. It isn't. Jordan did not play in a fucking era where everybody was friends and sat on a fucking boat and just, hey, let's all jump on this team. And we'll win a tie. Oh, okay. Hey, now everybody, we're jumping on this team. I don't know. I'm just going to keep saying it because he's fucking Laker. It drives him fucking bananas. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for the rest of the league drafting the right people and developing the talent, the Lakers could never win a title. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I love these Laker fans that try to act like the Kobe Shaq era wasn't a pylon fucking team with Phil Jackson. And you can totally tell it was a pylon team because when Shaq got sick of Kobe, he goes, all right, fuck you, I'll go play with Dwayne Wade. And then they won. Bam. I can win with you or I can win with you. I'll either pile on here or I'll fucking pile on there. Um, all right, I'm done with that shit. Um, anyway, let's talk about... Uh, I want to start an open dialogue with anybody who, who listens to this podcast who rides a bike bicycle in the city. And as someone who drives a car, just out of curiosity, what the fuck is your guy's problems? Like, I just want to hear, what is the fucking problem? 
Like, they're fucking the most arrogant fucking assholes. Only a person on a bike can be breaking a law while yelling at somebody in a car for doing the same thing. It's literally what happened to me, right? I was fucking late. I went down a side street. I did a rolling stop through a stop sign as a guy in a bicycle is also not stopping at a stop sign. And then he looks at me and gives me a sarcastic thumbs up like he's fucking Dudley Do-Right. And I was late. I just wanted to back up and be like, dude, you know, you're required to follow the rules of the road. For some reason, people on bicycles think they're above stopping at red lights or maybe because you have your little Lance Armstrong fucking slippers on. If you pretend to be in the Tour de France, <laughs> riding down the street, you don't want to take them out, so you just blow through a red light. I mean, if they obeyed the rules of the road, I don't, I don't hate everybody on a bicycle. But when I see somebody in street clothes on a bicycle with just a helmet on, they're always a good shit. They always get over. They let you get by. But the second they put on like the fucking, the, 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 I don't know. The, the Laker girl wear, you know, with all the advertisement on it, like they're in some sort of time trial. The second they do that shit, they just become these cunts who ride out in the middle of the street with what with, 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 it looks like a funeral procession is behind them. I just love how they always shake their head when something after they fucking blow through a red light and they almost get hit. Then they shake their head and it's just like, buddy, you're riding a bicycle in a city. What do you think is going to happen? What are you shaking your head about? That you can't believe that what everybody knows is going to happen, happened? Riding out in the road. I love those guys that think they're going as fast as a car. And they start riding out in the fucking road like they're, like they're uh, I don't know, in that movie Quicksilver. Um. And then we got a thing out here. I don't have you guys like all of a sudden, like 20 of these people all dressed like fucking, you know, Greg LeMond, right? Get out there and they just decide to have a, a, you know, a practice bike race. And there's all of this traffic behind them. And they're just laughing, going down the street. It's not even a bike lane. They just took over a fucking lane. They're just like, they're just cunts. They really are. They're cunts. Is my, this is just my opinion as someone in a car. Now, I would just like to hear your perspective. I want you guys to write in, okay? And I want you to be honest with me. The percentage of time that you actually obey the rules of the road and actually be honest with me if you even knew that that was a fucking rule. If you're even aware of that you have to do like the same, re- I have to stop at a stop sign, I got to stop at a fucking red light, right? You do too, which is why if I coast through a stop sign and you coast through a stop sign, don't shake your little helmeted head at me. All right, if you came to a complete stop, it wouldn't have been a fucking problem. But you rolled through it too, like a dumbass. I'm rolling through in a car. I'm fine. I got fucking airbags. Your dumbass is on a fucking bicycle. All right? I don't know. Maybe they want to be martyrs. Maybe they want to get fucking hit, you know, so they can have their bike frosted and they can live forever on that bike lane in the sky. Is that what it is? Are they environmentalists? Is that why you do it? I'm not putting gas in the air, you know, whatever, fumes in the air. I guess you're doing that. That's a positive. But then you buy like 20 of those little biking outfits, you know, and you're going to sweat through them and just throw them out. They're going to end up in the fucking ocean. So I don't, you know, 
Where does that take you? You little dumb dancing slippers. <laughs> they're never in a race, but they're always dressed like they are. You know, that's like the guy back in the day. If you played like pickup football and he showed up wearing cleats, it's like, oh God, not this guy. Um, Sorry, I am just extra cunty today. I'm just a little tired. That's all it is. Uh, I'm psyched the Red Sox won. I don't give a shit about the Lakers. I just, I just really like stirring them up because I've discovered that so few of them can even talk the game. And I don't even know that much about basketball. But like, all they have is, why you mad? Why you crying? Why you hating? That's all they can say. <laughs> ah, they're dumb. They're just dumb. Um, anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. I don't need this. Sh- Why am I doing this? You don't provoke Los Angeles fans. They can't talk the game, so then they get scared, and then they stab you. You know, they want to win the argument. Um, all right. Let's do a little uh, Let's do a little advertising here. Oh, it's Helix, everybody. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Gross. Mattresses for great, great for spinal alignment. What, do they put you on a rotisserie? Uh, to prevent morning aches and pains. I've never heard of that. That's amazing. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers for all the big boys out there. The quarter pounders with cheese there. Uh, so if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. You order the mattress that you match to. And the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They wrote it twice. Just in case you went, what? I said, you don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 and by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been, has been commended. Oh, we got a typo here. It's been commended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. Doctors of sleep medicine, like Bill Cosby, doctors of sleep medicine, or like, I'm having problems sleeping. It's got to be that one. I was going to say, I know Cosby got out, but Jesus, the advertisers went to him pretty quick there. As a go-to solution for improving sleep, just go to helixsleep.com slash burr, take their two-minute quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And I got to tell you this, as you get older... I mean, underrated, man. Just having a mattress where you just sleep like a baby, you can't put a price on that. You know, parents out there, if you got kids, you just want to hit the fucking sack and wake up feeling refreshed. Um, They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Gross. But you will. Helix has even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helixsleep.com. 
com slash burr for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. I mean, you can't beat that, can you? You can't beat that. Couple of free pillows with your goddamn mattress. Um, anyway, I've been swimming all this week, trying to do something else, you know, keep the shoulder going. I had a little bit of a setback with it. I'm such a fucking idiot. Such an idiot. It was something heavy. And I was like, don't pick that up. And I fucking picked it up, you know? And then I realized I didn't want it then. I, I moved it over another thing. I felt a little twinge. I'm like, I'm fine. I just keep having setbacks. You know, I got to like, I got to like finally like push through. But I, I, I think, I think my arm feels pretty good. But I've just been sort of doing pool because you got like the anti-gravity thing. I've been in the pool like four or five days in a row. And, um... You know, my shoulder was doing pretty good until I watched the Olympics. And then I tried to, I always, every time the Olymp- Olympics comes around, once every four years, I watch the Summer Olympics and I say to myself, you know, I could do the butterfly stroke. I'm 53 with a bad shoulder. Why don't I try that out in the middle of rehab? Let's see how that does for me. Just a moron, right? Fucking stupid. So anyway, speaking of the Red Sox, I believe, I believe Monday morning podcast guests, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Van Halen uh, with Mammoth opened for Guns N' Roses last night. Well, that would be Tuesday night. Uh, if you guys listen on Thursday. Tuesday night at Fenway Park, man. I would have loved to have seen that show. That sounds like that's going to be an amazing tour. Uh, word to the grapevine is Guns N' Roses sounds uh, better than um, better than they ever have, which is an unbelievable statement. And uh, I got to see Mammoth kind of run through their set right before they went out. I got to stand there like the little fanboy that I am. And they sounded fucking unbelievable. So um, if you guys are out there and you're going crazy and you're looking for something to do, get a ticket to that if it's not all sold out. Because that is a that is a great, great, great lineup. Obviously, legendary Guns N' Roses and then... Uh, Mammoth coming up here. The great album, by the way, you should check out. Um, so with that, speaking of that, let's talk. You guys, let's talk dad drumming, everybody. Let's talk dad drumming because I haven't been, you know, I tried, was flying the other day and, you know, flying some approaches and my stupid glide slope wasn't working and all of that. So I think I need a new antenna on uh, on the helicopter. But uh, I don't know. That's every time I start getting close, then I either I go away for a few weeks. I'm really just when I get back, I'm just going to have to just buckle down and start just fly two a days for a couple of weeks. Just clear my schedule and then I'll be ready to go because I know I'll pass the oral exam. I've been just every day when I get on the elliptical, I just like look at another chapter with my flashcards and just blow through it. And uh, I don't know, no matter what happens, I became a way better pilot, way more informed. I know I'm going to get this rating. I don't know when, because I have been really, uh, really busy. And, um, but I've just been having, um, you know, when you just sort of fly and you just fly like visual all the time, as far as your avionics, like I feel like you're only using like half the machine. And then when you go for like the instrument rating, it's just like this whole other world that was like right in front of you. Um, the helicopter I fly has like a, a glass cockpit, meaning it doesn't have like the analog gauges and stuff, which is something I've always liked, analog gauges. But now I'm so, kind of sold 
on the glass cockpit now that I know where to look and everything. And my scan has been really good. Um, and I don't know. I've just been flying really well lately. And uh, this fucking antenna thing came up. And now I'm going to be going back east for a little bit. So I was getting a little bummed out. But I was just like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I got until December. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm pretty close. And I just feel like if I just did like, you know, if I flew like five days a week, two two weeks in a row, just doubled down, flew twice a day with two different instructors. Um, I think that that's what I'm going to do. You know, because now I know what to do. I know how to talk on the radio throughout the whole approach. I can do the whole fucking thing. I know what to, how to dial everything in. I just need to do it like a thousand times over two weeks and then I can get it. That's my game plan. That is the game plan. All right. And then I'll, I don't, then I know, I don't know what's going to happen because right around the time I get that, we'll be wrapping not only on this season of F is for family, but just the season, the the whole show is just going to be done. And uh, I'm going to have a lot of free time. And my plan is to not fill that up with work. I would really like to kind of slow it down a little bit and just hang out, you know, with the family and friends or whatever. And, uh, you know, be old Billy behind the scenes. Okay, you come to me with the show idea, we sell it, and then I'm fucking behind the scenes. You you go do all this shit. All right? (laughs) I just want to fucking chill out, man. I've been playing a lot of drums lately. I found this really great, sort of like uh this guy on instagram it's almost like you're playing just like song enders with like 16th note triplets and it's just four different groupings of it and i've just been getting those things up to speed and one of them is just a right hand followed by a double kick um which is you know the bottom lick from good times bad times so i'm sort of practicing that without even playing the song just by doing these as like a warm up and uh so I play it to like a quarter note. So I'm really playing triplets, not sixteenth note triplets, even though my brain is thinking of them in sixteenth note triplets. They're really just more like uh groupings of six that I'm playing, you know, over two quarter notes. So it it becomes triplets. But the phrasing that this guy was playing him in was in sixteenth note triplets. So um I've been doing that. So on the quarter note, on the uh, on the click, I've gotten up to like 170 BPMs, which, you know, if I was doing an eighth note thing, it's like 85 BPMs. Good times, bad times, it's 95 BPMs. So I've kind of been like right there. And I'm just like, I'm just going to keep fucking doing this before I even practice that. It'll be like, you know, doing like an extra workout. And it's also something I've been, I've always been amazed at people that could just sit down at drums and just sort of be free. And then they're not just sitting there playing licks, which is what I'm doing right now. They're actually listening to what they're playing, which makes them try to play something else. I want to like kind of, I've been trying to delve into that area for a while now, once I realized that that existed. And that's what all these great drummers that I loved that, you know, you couldn't take your eyes off them. You know, as much as, you know, you go to like, a, back in the day, I would go to like these drum clinics and shit. I fucking saw everybody. You know, I'd go down to Berkeley or I'd go to a jazz club. I fucking saw so many legendary drums. And there was just certain drummers that you went to. And I went to like a modern drummer clinic one time, the things that they have out in Jersey. And um, 
I just noticed that there was some people, they were all playing 90 million miles. Everybody could play 90 million miles an hour. But there was some people that could do it in a way that it made you want to be able to do what they were doing. You just It just drew you in. Like, what are they doing that is any different than this other person? And it's, um, I think it's like most performers, that you, they're present, they're listening to what they're playing. They have an idea of what they want to do. And if some and if if, an, if a new idea pops into their head, they have the ability to express it. And because they're in the moment, there's there's a, an adrenaline rush to that to the performer, and there's an excitement that they're getting, which the audience I think subconsciously picks up on. And then you're drawn to what they're playing, as opposed to somebody who already has the whole fucking thing worked out, you know. And it's just sitting there just playing licks around the kit, which is something that I do. And I have a look on my face, by the way, like I'm waiting for a bus. So that's another thing that just is, you know, there's a lot of holes in my playing is all I'm saying. (laughs) So anyway, it's like 830 right now and I got the kids in bed and everything. So that's probably what I'm going to be going down there to do. So whatever. Um, You know, I keep trying. I keep trying to stop bitching. About, you know. Over the years, the Golden State Warriors with KD, the Brooklyn Nets, the fucking Lakers every other year and all of that shit. I, I, I know you guys are sick of me. I'm getting sick of talking about it. But like it just drives me nuts because I'll put on ESPN thinking this has got to be finally. They added too many free agents. Finally, and ESPN, somebody's going to say something and they never do. They just act like it isn't happening. They act like it's good for the fucking league. I guess it's good for them. Maybe because people watch pylon teams. I don't know. Maybe that maybe they're actually better ratings. I don't know. Maybe it's got it always comes down to money. But uh I don't know. I just find them excruciatingly boring and I don't like watching them and I just I think they're bullshit championships. They just are. All right. Grow a dick and lead a team. Instead of fucking buying up everybody that you would have had to lead them past, they're now on your fucking team. It's just fucking, it's, uh, that's not, it's not sports. What is this, fucking Ocean's Eleven of the fucking basketball team? All right, I'm done. Sorry, I'm getting going again. Dude, me bitching about the fucking NBA pylon teams, it's like the end of Lenny Bruce's career when he stopped being funny and he just kept looking at his fucking legal pad. I'm not saying he wasn't funny. I think he was still funny, but he would just fucking talk about what they were. He just became obsessed with this fucking legal case. Um, Who the fuck am I to say Lenny Bruce wasn't funny? I'm sorry. I'm out of sorts today. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's because of that guy. I can fucking sit here and do everything that I do at a way much lower level. Saying cunt every other word. My apologies. All right. To his estate. Anybody else who's still alive, however the fuck that works. Um, All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done bitching. I bitched a lot. All right? I bitched about the Lakers. I bitched about people on bicycles. Jesus, Bill. Wow, you really went after the fucking, the sacred fucking. (laughs) Really looking back on this podcast to what, what I've done here. I don't know if I'm proud of it. But it felt good to get it out. All right? So that's it. Have a great weekend, you cunts. Enjoy the music, and there'll be a bonus episode of me bitching about something from a couple of years ago. It's probably the NBA. All right, I'll see you.
Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 5th, 2013. How are you? How are you doing this morning? Oh, that's just fantastic. This is going to be another subdued William Burr here on the Monday Morning Podcast. As you can tell, I wasn't able to find a fucking cord for my mixer, so um, the lovely Nia is going to send me mine. Uh, so next, this will be the last week of this kind of stuff. So I've had difficulty trying to find basically everything here in New Orleans. For those of you just listening, I haven't listened for the past couple of weeks. I'm here in New Orleans I'm doing the, uh, what do you call it, the final episode of Glee for this season. It's like some three-hour extravaganza, so I have to be out here forever. And, you know... Like I mentioned, I am going to be shirtless in the cafeteria scene, so I've been trying to uh, trying to get healthy food out here, which is practically impossible. I haven't been able to find it. If there's any New Orleans people, I guess they don't say Nolans, by the way. I was told that the other night that they don't say that. That's just some Hollywood shit. And then uh, I taught that person how to properly say Boston, B-A-W, Boston, not Boston. So we both had a laugh, and then we ate some fried fucking oysters because everything's fried down here. You know, I go into Verizon, I need a new cell phone charger. You know, they didn't have the entire thing. They just had the part you plug into your fucking computer. So unless I was going to walk around with my computer and then bring that plug, plug that in, and then plug the fucking cell phone into my computer, that was the only way for me to charge it when I was on the road. So then I'm sitting there going, like, you know, I'm becoming a tub of shit here. And I have my big shirtless scene, you know. I'm singing uh, 8675309 Jenny. Uh, but they jazz it up a little bit. But uh, anyway, so I find some place to get a juice. And uh, even then, the way they do the juice, you know. Usually you use the apple. You use the fruit to give it a little zing. So you can drink the fucking green shit. But they do it the opposite down here. It's apple juice, and then they'll add like half a leaf of kale in there. And uh, you just kind of hop in yourself up on sugar. So um, I actually I do have a game plan, though, people. Um, after your wonderful suggestions, where you're like, Bill, why don't you watch that documentary, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've already watched those, you know, Food, Inc., and I watched uh, uh, Trilock Gertu's fucking uh, Morgan Spurlock. Trilock Gertu. Yeah, it's a famous percussionist from India. Um, I fucking, uh, I mean, that's, a, uh, that's how you even say his name. Bill, just get to the point. All right. Um, the fuck was my point? Oh, Morgan Spurlock. Is that his name? I watched that where he ate McDonald's for 30 fucking days in a row. And, uh, I mean, you know what's great about that? You knew what, you knew his body was going to be junk, but secretly, haven't you always wanted to do that? Just say fuck it and just blow your body out, you know? Just eat fuck. I wonder how much weight you actually could gain if you really put your mind to it. You know, this is what I do. I would start with a Grand Slam breakfast. Uh, then I have to take a nap because I'm old. When you get older, by the way, when you eat really bad, you know, rather than just running outside like you do as a youngster, it takes a toll on you. You actually have to go lay down 
<laughs> and try to sleep yourself back into some sort of balance. I don't know what, but uh, yeah, I'd probably start with that. Lunchtime, what would I do? Steak and cheese. See, you know what it is? That kind of food so fucks me up now I can't even enjoy it anymore. That's what happens as you get older. It's like your fucking guts are like some engine that your entire life you were down like two quarts of oil on. And it just doesn't run as well as it used to. You know, back when you were younger, you could do fucking neutral drops and fucking be driving 40 miles an hour and just yank the, the emergency brake. You cut the wheel and almost tip over your fucking Volkswagen Fox like my buddy did back in the day. Yeah, you can't do that anymore as you get older. You know? So if you are older and every time you eat, you then have to immediately fall asleep, uh, you're down a few quarts. <laughs> it's time for it. You might want to put a synthetic in there. So anyway, so um, I've been, uh, you know, days I'm not working. I've been kind of bored. I know a lot of you guys already know what I'm working on here. And a lot of you guys always go, Bill, why do you try to keep it such a big fucking secret what you're doing? You can just go to your IMDB page and figure out what you're doing. Well, do you ever think that that maybe that that's the fucking method to my madness? See, if I just told you cunts what, what I'm doing down here in New Orleans, you'd be, oh, humble brag or you'd give me shit. You know, easy there, kid. Don't forget where you came from. All right. Um. So what I do is I deliberately act vague and then, you know, people send me, then they just go to IMDB and they end up knowing more about what the fuck I'm doing than if I told you anyways. And then people send me emails like, Bill, I don't understand why you're being so vague. It's so easy to find out what you're doing. You're doing this project with blah, 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 blah. It's like, there you go, you dumb fuck. It's exactly what I wanted. I wanted you to have the information. I tricked you. Okay, you're coming at me like you just solved the murder case, like you're fucking Columbo and you're looking away with your crazy eye rubbing your forehead and I'm standing there flabbergasted here in a heartbeat under the floorboards. You got it ass backwards. That's why I'm vague. I want to give you something to do at work. What else are you going to do? Sit there and stare at your spreadsheets, figure out how much fucking grapes cost in the next 20 minutes, scream and buy, sell. I've actually been doing really well. With my weight here. Oh, so anyway, so uh, I finally give in, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm not working today. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna watch this fucking fat, sick, and nearly dead. And I gotta tell you, man, it was awesome. I absolutely loved it, and uh, I felt bad for trashing fat people on my podcast. My my. Uh, <laughs> Billy shame, Billy shame to get back and get back uh, into shape, you know, where I just make fun of the fatties. Um, I mean, it was always done in jest, but I don't know. There's one guy that he runs into that uh, I don't know. I felt bad for the dude, but anyways, he goes on this juice fast. So of course now I'm like obsessed with it, you know, just so I can get some of these these fried clams and all this stuff, these po boy sandwiches. Just try to get these out of my system because I'm sick of having to take a nap every time I eat out here. Um, so I think I'm going to buy a mini juicer and a bunch of kale and that type of shit. and uh, Juice it up and then just shove it down my fucking pie hole. You know? And believe it or not, it fills you up. It fills you up, you get used to it, then you start craving that. And, uh, and then the best part is you don't have to go to the gym. <laughs> 
That's what it's really all about, people. That's the number one reason to eat well. It's not so you live longer. It's so you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to go to the gym and your clothes still fit right. You know? I don't know. You know what's funny? Somebody the other day actually sent me an email going, Bill, do you have any idea how many times you say you know during a podcast? And it was, it's just like, yes, of course I do. You know? How the fuck wouldn't I know that? You think I don't listen back to these things as I upload them to try to see if they're funny or not? You know? I gotta admit, if I don't think they're funny, I shut them off really quickly. But if they start going, I like them. But I do notice that I say it that 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 much. But maybe, maybe can I have a catchphrase? You know, that was actually not even. Uh, I think one wasn't even on purpose. See, now I'm in my own fucking head. I don't want to do that. Anyways, I'm still here at the hotel. I'm gonna buy a juicer, and uh, I just figure two two out of three meals a day. I'm gonna drink that shit, and. Uh, you know, when I come home, I want to have an even bigger head. I guess that's the way you kind of, you, uh, if you come back off the road and your head isn't three sizes bigger, does your girlfriend think you cheated on her? Like, what are you in such good shape for? But if you come back as like a fat booze hound, say, oh, okay, he was faithful. I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about, let's talk about Major League Baseball, something that I have not watched since 2010, when I just got sick of everybody, you know, testing positive for stuff, particularly people on my team, and uh, I was just like, yeah, you know, it just kind of took all the uh, the glory out of those championships and stuff that the Red Sox won. It did not take any glory away from beating the Yankees in 2004, though. Did not at all, because, you know, they had just as many guys, if not some of the worst defenders you know, I think Andy Pettit would have got more shit if he wasn't into Jesus. Any any major league baseball players listening? To, uh, if you're listening to this and you're doing, if you're on the juice there, what I would do, and you feel like the hounds are nipping at your heels, I would air quote find Jesus. You know, and just start fucking writing it on your glove when you wave to the when you wave to the camera. Jesus is love. Jesus saves. Jesus is my homie. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck else you say. So then, when you uh, you fuck up, then you can just do like that stuff, like those televangelists, where you just sit there crying, "I have sinned against you," and people seem to forgive you. So let's get to Alex Rodriguez, everybody. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to know who's in first place in Major League Baseball, I actually looked it up. I had no idea. I mean, I knew the Red Sox were doing well. Um. The Red Sox, the Tigers, and the Oakland A's are in first place in the American League. And then, see if I can remember this, the National League, it's the, uh, is it the Braves? The Dodgers, Dodgers are actually doing well, making me eat crow. You know, because I laughed at them last year when they were like, we were like, hey, we have $100 million worth of fucking players who aren't doing shit for us. And the Dodgers were like, well, shit, we'll take them. You know, like they're playing a different game over there. I don't know why you would do that, but thank you for doing it. And you know what? Thanks to you, it works for all of us. The Red Sox and Dodgers are both in first place. And my squad, if I had been paying attention, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, I found out the Pirates are in first place. 
I was sitting in a bar uh, eating fried cornflakes, whatever the fuck they have down here, and um, they had on a game. And I, oh, like, well, the Pirates are on, Pirates and Cardinals. I, I really loved the National League from way back in the day. I used to like it because so many of the teams played on AstroTurf, and when I was a little kid, I thought that that was way cooler than playing on grass. Like now grass is way cooler than AstroTurf. AstroTurf looks cheesy, but in the late 70s, um, early 80s, AstroTurf was the shit. You know, the whole infield was AstroTurf except around the bags. And uh, it just seemed like a faster game. They were playing hit and run. Guy gets on first, you bunt him over to second, stealing bases. And over in the American League, it was all about, you know, people just standing there trying to smash the ball over the fence. And uh, back then, home run hitters would, would hit like fucking 278. If you hit 280, that was considered like, a you know, you were a solid guy. Um, I don't know, maybe you are now, but like they just didn't put up the numbers the way they, they did during the Royd era, actually, obviously I should say. So anyways, I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm like, oh, Pir- Pirates and Cardinals, this is like the old days, you know? And uh, I'm looking in the crowd and it seems like everybody's wearing pirate shit. And I'm just like... And the, and the place looks like it's sold out. And I'm like, wait a minute, the Pirates are selling out a game? And I'm like, this must be a Cardinals home game. And I look at their jerseys. What was weird was their, their away jerseys said Cardinals. So then that made me feel like it was a home game. Because I thought, unless I saw it the wrong way, or I, I misremembered it, as politicians say. But I was under the impression that uh, away baseball teams... When you're home, you have the name of your team, like the Red Sox, and then you go on the way, it says Boston, you know? You're at home, it says the Indians. You go on the road, it says Cleveland. So I guess, you know, people who don't know shit about baseball know what city you're from. I have no idea. Uh, but it, anyways, it turned out that it was a Pirates home game, and it looked like it was sold out. So, uh, I don't know, that makes me excited. But haven't they, they've been doing that the last couple of years? You know, you can, my, my fandom of the Pirates is, is from fucking, you know, just watching baseball in the late 70s and that We Are Family team was like one of my favorites. And uh, I rooted against the Orioles because the Orioles kicked the Red Sox ass in 79 with their unbelievable pitching staff. Um, I would always root for the National League teams, I guess, because it was actually, it was really exciting to see them play because they didn't have, uh, there was no... MLB packages. Like if you lived in Boston, all you got was the Red Sox game, and then they would have the uh, the game of the week. And um, if you missed that, then you watch Mel Allen's This Week in Baseball, which was the shit. Used to come on Saturday afternoons. And it was dun 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 He'd come on, whatever the fuck he would say. That was the that was supposed to be the exciting theme song that started the show, and then they ended the show with something a little uh, not up tempo, to just let you know it was a beautiful game, and they would just show it in slow motion. And the song went something like da 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 da
All right, there was no auto tune, there was no drum machine, there was no fucking one guy on a giant keyboard that could make all those songs. It was like forty people getting paid, um, all working together, pointing at each other afterwards and going out and having a couple of schlitz. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, um, fuck, am I talking about here? Yeah, so I started watching baseball again. I haven't started watching baseball. Who's kidding who? But um, I was psyched to see that the Pirates are in uh, first place. And I'm actually happy for the Dodgers. Believe it or not, I have a tough time with the Dodgers because I was a huge fan of them when I was a kid because of the 77 and 78 World Series when they played the uh, the New York Yankees because I hated the Yankees and we could never beat them back then. Um uh, so I would root for the for the Dodgers, and I remember feeling bad for Tommy John because uh, he lost in '77 to '78 with the uh, Dodgers, and then in '81 he went to the Yankees, which was unforgivable to me. And then the Yankees played the Dodgers again in the World Series, and then the Dodgers finally won. The guy went 0 for fucking three. Poor bastard, and he had an operation named after him. Um. Him and Lou Gehrig. No, one was an operation, one was a disease. Hey, Bill, why don't you shut the fuck up? All right, I will. Let, let me read a little bit of advertising here, and then we'll get back. When I come back, I'm going to tease you a little here, people. I'm going to talk about that whole A-Rod situation. Um, here we go. All right, Dollar Shave Club, everybody. Been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And I got to tell you, a long time ago, I used to do a bit about this in my act, about why do they act like those disposable razors are some sort of gold bullion. Why are they locked behind the, 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 that plastic glass? Why do they act like it's, it's this amazing thing? It's a little hunk of crap that shouldn't cost more than a buck. Right? So here we go. I did that bit like 78 years ago. See, what I did was I just did a joke about it. These geniuses actually did something about it and started a, a, a company here, and they're probably making a zillion dollars. And you know what I say? I say good for them. I say good for them. Dollar Shave Club, everybody. Um, it's a cool brand, and they send you these quality razors right to your door every month. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to wait in line, get someone to unlock them from a cage, and pay way too much money for a bunch of features that don't even fit your old handle. Shaving has become such a mess, but not with Dollar Shave Club. All right, it saves me time, it saves me money, and the razors are fantastic. And I can I can guarantee you that they've been sending those things right to my house. I don't have to deal with it anymore. I have an awful CVS right down the street where there's always like a 20 minute line because they only have open you know one register. Um, give it a shot, you know. I want you to try it. Go to Dollar Shave Club forward slash Burr. Support this show. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Burr or click the Dollar Shave Club banner on the podcast page at billburr.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Burr. You don't have to think about it anymore. Once a month, they send you a bunch of new blades. You have a new blade every damn week. Okay? And then the ladies are giving you more kiss on the cheek there. E-voice. Everybody, you're screening calls, closing deals, and making money. All while lounging poolside in the summer sun. Thanks to who? Evoice. Evoice is a better way to connect with the people that drive your business. Evoice will forward business calls to your home, mobile, or any number you choose. Wherever you are, Evoice will find you. Don't have time to take a call? No worries. It's routed to your voicemail, and you can read it at your convenience as a text message. 
message. Sorry. E-voice not only gives you an edge over your competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. With e-voice, you can create the appearance of a whole office building of departments. When customers call you, a sales department, customer support, tech support, you name it, it sounds like you got it. And it works with any phone, even yourself. Hey, it's summer. Don't be stuck at the office all day, you jackass. Free yourself for a free 30-day trial of e-voice so you can see what I'm talking about over here. Go to evoice.com and enter, enter the promo code Bill for your 30-day free trial. That's evoice.com, promo code Bill. Or go to the podcast page on billbird.com and click on the evoice banner. All right, that was painless. I only had one screw-up there. You like that, people? I think I finally got my game together with reading these, uh, these advertisements, you know? You know what I am? I'm like a, a number one draft pick bust when it comes to that shit. Not quite a bust, but I'm about five, six years in. The original team I was on uh, dropped me down to number three on the depth chat. And now I got traded and I'm playing back up over in fucking Minnesota. But the first two went down and now I'm getting in. All right. Is this is now Skip Bayless is yelling about me, saying that he doesn't think that I can actually read these fucking things without screwing it up while Stephen A. Smith goes blasphemy. Blasphemy. Um, all right. A-Rod, everybody. Here's my thing about this son of a bitch. This guy gets a lifetime ban, and that somehow voids his contract. The Yankees are somehow able to get out of that contract. I swear to fucking God, you might as well just have the the commissioner of baseball might as well just be Steinbrenner's son. Okay? How much shit... Can the Yankees fucking get away with? Do you remember the Red Sox wanted to get A-Rod? We had the deal in place. And baseball came in and was like, no. We, we had The deal was done and baseball came in and said, no, that's bad for baseball. It's bad for baseball to have an, yet another big-time free agent go to the Red Sox. Because that's when we were becoming the Yankees, right? And then A-Rod goes to the Yankees. Somehow that wasn't bad for baseball. To have two of the three best shortstops in the league at the time on the same team, one of them never to play shortstop again, to have to learn a new position at third base. If you remember, this is pre-steroids and all that, so some of these names don't hold the weight they, they did back in the day. But their infield was Giambi, Jeter, and A-Rod. And then there was talks that maybe they were going to sign Nomar to play second place, second base. I remember Giambi be like, "Dude, he was like, dude, that would be awesome." And I, I just remember thinking, like, how would that be awesome? Where, where is the fucking fun in that? So, anyways, we try to get a Rod. It's bad for baseball. The Yankees do it, and they already had like fucking every goddamn free agent in the league at every position, other than their four fucking five core guys from their own uh, 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 farm team. And somehow that was okay. All right? And that was just a, a, an ongoing story in baseball was the Red Sox just never, just we couldn't win. No matter what we did, it blew up in our face. And even when we made moves and got a big guy, it was considered bad for baseball. You go back to the 70s, we had Raleigh Fingers signed him. Bad for baseball. You know, yank that out. Reggie Jackson, can, can, we, can the fucking Yankees sign him? Absolutely. I don't know what I don't know what what our pens look like, but for some reason, they were bad for baseball. So, anyways, for once, 
After 86 years of flailing, you know the deal. Somehow it worked in our favor. So I have thoroughly enjoyed watching A-Rod flame out and, and, and watching the Yankees trying to get out of that contract and just not being able to get this $200 million albatross off from around their neck. I, I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. They tried to humiliate him. They've, t- they've, they've benched him during crucial moments in like the playoffs and A-Rod doesn't give a fuck. He just sits there like a fucking robot going, well, you know, whatever's good for the team, I don't give a shit. You know, just just keep paying me. I don't give a fuck and I've completely enjoyed it. And they still have another five years of this nightmare. Five years, like $114 million. They got to give this, this matinee idol looking bust and I have completely enjoyed every second of it. And um, in my world, it's like I got another five years to just sort of, you know, not like I watch a ton of baseball anymore, which is kind of sad. Uh, I got to get back into it, everybody. But I, I, can't, I can't get back into it at the, the, the upper levels. I just can't, I can't watch these fucking, you know, juggernaut teams. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta be watching Kansas City. You know, the Padres, the Pirates, even though the Pirates are in first place, but I don't think they have any major league signings, um, any major free agent signings. But anyways, so I thought I had another five years of this show to watch. And now all of a sudden I'm worried that it's going to get canceled. And I'll tell you right now, if because of this suspension, the Yankees are somehow able to get out of this contract and save themselves $114 million, which to them is just a drop in the bucket. The way they ass rape their fans every home game. The way they take every one of those poor Yankee fans with their pinstripe shirts and their classic Yankee hats and they just bend them over the hot dog stand and just stick that pinstripe dick right up their ass, no lube. You know, I really feel bad for the total fucking ass raping that every <laughs> every Yankee fan takes when you go to the ballpark. I mean, if I was a Yankee fan, I would not go to that new fucking uh, beautiful baseball stadium slash growing up gaudy house. It's such a weird stadium. If, if you haven't been to it, you should definitely go. Uh, but I, I suggest eating a Thanksgiving dinner before you go there or, you know, one of your kids will not be going to college. Um, but you go to that stadium. It's such a weird stadium where, like, there's literally some breathtaking views as you walk around that park and every time you're like oh my god this is amazing they really did it right then they'll just have you know some jackass like just some some fucking look how much money we got just you know what it is it, it's kind of like this blend of um, I don't know like what, what's a great ballpark that they built that that's new but it's all, I guess maybe the Jake when it first came out. It's kind of the, the perfect, it's a blend of, of uh, the beautiful new ones that conjure up the old shit and like Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Where if you've never been to that, you got to go to that one just once just to see that absolutely fucking, that eyesore of a television that they have hanging up there. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I swear to God, when I go to that stadium, I always think if Bobby Kelly designed a football stadium. This is exactly what it looked like. Dude, look how big the TV is, dude. 
I don't have to go anywhere, dude. I just sit here and watch it. Um, Dallas Cowboys Stadium is an absolute fucking abomination. And, uh, and it's just because of that TV. Everything else is actually, it's beautiful. If you could just get that fucking TV. That TV, it's like a drunk at a holiday family gathering. You know what I mean? No matter how good the food is, no matter how great it is to see everybody, all conversation, everything is drowned out by the fucking, the, the guy over there. You know, your uncle who keeps dabbling in the oxy. He's telling you that he's clean, but he isn't. You know, that's what that fucking TV's like. So anyways, what the hell am I saying here? As a fan of sports and my hatred of the New York Yankees, I'm really hoping that the Yankees feel like, oh, maybe we can get out of it. Maybe we can get out of it. And then they they still can't. Knowing full well that in the long run, it's not going to mean shit to them. A hundred something million dollars doesn't mean shit to them. It's just annoying. And that's basically all I can really hope for at this point. So um, maybe I'll, I'll write some letters. I'll write some letters to uh, the commissioner of baseball, tell him that I'm dying or something in uh, my bucket my bucket list or something. So, something has to do with A-Rod. I just really want that, that. I just want to be able to talk to him sometime while he's on the field. That's, that's my make-a-wish thing. I want to look into those zombie robotic eyes. Uh, I like how he's actually pissed now and says that he's being singled out. It's like, well, you kind of made yourself a target with the steroids for the second time, you fucking jerk-off. He really is like... Uh, I, I, he has an inability to, to step outside himself and see how he's coming off. An absolute jackass, and I can't think of a better person to be to be wearing the pinstripes and represent what that organization is all about. <laughs> They're clean-shaven steroid abusers. Unlike the Red Sox, who, uh, I don't know what we look like. We, we look like we're going to an Allman Brothers concert. Uh, I'm just trying to get Yankee fans going. They use steroids too! All right, let's let's plow ahead here, everybody. Um, the hell did I, I was going to talk about something there? What the hell was I going to bring up there? Oh, let's move on to this. Let's just keep the uh, the sport thing going here. Oh no no no! I remember what it is. I owe I owe an apology. This wasn't my fault, but I have to apologize on behalf of the theater. That El Paso show got uh, rescheduled, as I mentioned. Because of the acting work I got down here in New Orleans, I was only able to do the first two dates of the Red State Tour. Um, none of the shows are canceled. They've all been rescheduled. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know people make plans. I apologize. Um, I announced it here on on, um, on the podcast. I, I, you know, I don't know what the fuck else I could have done to let people know. Go to El... I guess... The theater out there in El Paso, I don't know what happened, but some people didn't get the word that the show was canceled, and I guess uh, there was some people that showed up, so uh, I apologize. I hope you're listening to this. I will try to tweet about it. Maybe you'll be able to get it. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter or not, but to let you know, the, uh, the new date of the El Paso date is September 13th. Right? Oh, I'm sorry, September 12th. September 12th is the new date. 
And uh, I apologize to anybody who showed up. I can't believe what a pain in the ass that is. I hope nobody drove, you know. Ah, Jesus. Someone's going to be like, dude, I drove four fucking hours or I had a plane ticket or something like that. So I feel horrible about it. So because of that, I'm just going to announce my dates right here, right now. I'm just going to read through a bunch of these as quickly as I can so uh, there's no more confusion. All right. And then somehow there still will be confusion. And then somehow someone's going to get mad at me and I'll get a fucking angry email or whatever. Apologize for the clicking here, people. See if I can bring this up with this horrific internet here. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Here we go. These are the shows I have coming up. Uh, and I'm even going to read the ones that don't even have ticket links. All right. All right. This is the deal. August 23rd, I'm at the MGM Grand in uh, Mashantucket, Connecticut. August 24th, University of Cincinnati. August 27th, Cobb's Comedy Club with Brian Regan. All proceeds are going to charity. We're doing a co-headliner. That one's actually already sold out. All right, Red State Tour rescheduled dates. For those of you in Colorado, September 4th, September 6th. Boulder, Colorado, Pikes Peak. All right, tickets are all on sale for these. Uh, September 7th, I'm in Coachella, California at the Spotlight 29 Casino. Once again, rescheduled uh, Red State Tours. September 12th, El Paso, Texas. And because of that rescheduled, I'm also now doing uh, San Antonio, Texas. First time, I've never been there. At the Lilla Cockrell Theater, September 13th. And I know what you're thinking. Bill, you're doing a show on September 14th? No, I am not. But I'm not leaving Texas. And what is Saturday in September in Texas mean to anybody in Texas, huh? College football, motherfucker. I'm going to Texas A&M, Alabama. And I am rooting for the Aggies. And I will be drunk, and I will still be screaming, Alabama, the dream ends tonight. So look for me out in the parking lot with my sunburned giant head, and uh, I'll see you in the stadium. Um, All right, continuing on. September 19th, I'm in West Virginia, West Virginia University, Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, then I got Pittsburgh on September 20th. All these all these shows are on sale. People up in Canada, Toronto, Ontario, September 21st, the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. September 28th, not one, but two shows at the famous Chicago Theatre. First one is sold out, I believe. Uh, second show, 1030, has been added. Uh, now here's some that aren't on sale. But are coming up October 3rd, 4th, 5th, 7th, and 8th. No, no, I'm sorry. Strike that. October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I'll be in San Jose, Seattle, Washington, and Phoenix, Arizona. Those tickets are not on sale yet, but I'm just letting you know where I'm going to be. And I'll announce them as soon as they're available. On Twitter, so follow me on Twitter if you're not on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Uh, November seventh, this is not on sale, and November eighth, this is and ninth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Sorry, these are not on sale yet either. Uh, I'll be in Washington D.C., New York City, and Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. That'll be Constitution Hall, the Beacon Theater, and Tower Theater. All right, November fifteenth, rescheduled Red State tour. Deadwood, South Dakota. 
November 16th, rescheduled Red State Tour, Brady Theater in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and another Red State, the Orpheum Theater, Wichita, Kansas, November 17th. All right, and that will conclude the Red State Tour. I apologize for having to reschedule, but uh, I'm still coming. I could have been a cunt and just canceled, you know, sat out here in fucking New Orleans with my shirt off, getting ready for my big number. Um, what else? Southern Connecticut State University on the 23rd. All right, now here's the big European tour. People from Europe were asking me about this shit. And I apologize for this being really long, but I have to get this information out here because I do not want people showing up when I'm not going to be somewhere. All right, December 5th, I'm in Amsterdam. Tickets are on sale. December 7th, I'm in London. Show sold out. They added another show. Uh, December 9th, I'm in Dublin at the Vicar Theater. December 10th, I'm at the Savoy Theater in Helsinki, Finland. December 11th, I'm at the uh, Copenhagen, I'm at the Bremen Theater in Copenhagen, Denmark. December 12th, I'm in Oslo, Norway. December 13th, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. Now here's two shows that people don't know about. December 15th, I'm going to be at, at Harpa Silferberg Hall in Reykjavik, Iceland. Hope I'm saying that right. Never been to Iceland. I'm really excited. And the biggest teaser of them all. You know, I don't work New Year's because I go to the Rose Bowl every year. Well, I finally decided this year, well, I live in Los Angeles. Why don't I do a big show in Los Angeles? And why don't I put my buddies, the Rose Bowl legends, uh, fucking Joe Botnick and Jason Lawhead will all do a show the night before, New Year's Eve. If you don't have New Year's Eve plans and you live in Los Angeles, we're going to be at the Wiltern Theater right down there on uh, Wilshire, Wilshire and Western. So tickets are not on sale for that one yet. So there you go. Now you know as much as I do about my schedule. And once again, sincerest apologies to anybody, any of the poor bastards that showed up for my show in El Paso that was not to be. I don't know how that happened. Um, so there you go. All right, back to the back to the, uh, the podcast here, everybody. So as mentioned, I'm down here in New Orleans. I've been making fun of the food, but uh, I've been having the best time in New Orleans. As they say, if you can't have a good time down here, there's something wrong with you. And uh, I went out the other night. I guess they shoot a lot of movies down here because it's really cheap. They gave him a great deal or whatever. And I had a buddy of mine who was shooting something else and he had just wrapped and he called me out. We went off, met up at this hotel and uh, just said, you know what? I, I'll actually, I usually don't name a name, but this will hype his movie. It was Craig Robinson who's doing, uh, they just wrapped on uh, Hot Tub Time Machine Part 2. And uh, Craig is one, just one of those guys who's just, I don't know unbelievably charismatic like I watched I was watching that guy that guy was having more goddamn fun in one night than I think I've ever had in my life you know just he, he's there was a live band playing he went up he played piano you know singing and making everybody laugh and then he fucking called me up to go do some stand up I of course was defensive turned the crowd off and then I got off stage <laughs> but later on that night when the band had left um uh, 
he went back up, started playing piano, and I went up there and played some drums. For I, I swear to God, for like 45 minutes or like an hour. And uh, it's pr- the most fun I think I've had in a long, long time. And I was stone sober. Didn't have a drop of alcohol, you know? Whenever I have an acting gig, I try to lay off the booze so my fucking giant head doesn't seem even bigger. No one wants to see that on the screen. So um, I've been doing that, walking around, checking out the city, avoiding, what do you call it, uh, Bourbon Street. You know, I, that just, I, I just don't like the date rapey sort of vibe on that street. So uh, there is a laundromat that is on that. So it's kind of funny. I've been doing my laundry down that way and just walking on that street. Like in broad daylight after, you know, show your tits or whatever the fuck happened the night before. It's just, uh, you ever walk by a strip club during the day? It's just really just, it's just not a good look. It's just, (laughs) I don't know what about it is at nighttime when you see those purple neon light bulbs and you're half in the bag or something. It actually looks like something appealing, but when you just see it, in broad daylight, it's fucking brutal. So, anyways, uh, I've actually been getting into, like, you know, they've been talking about LSU football down here and the Saints, like, every single day. They're getting so fucking amped up for football. Um, I'm actually caught up in this excitement down here. And uh, I saw that the Saints have a preseason game Friday night. And if you think I'm not going... Well, if I have to work that night, obviously I'm not going. But if I don't have to, there's no fucking way I'm not going because the Superdome, now that they redid it, it was already iconic. It's you owe it to yourself to come down here and go to a game. It's it's uh, it's beautiful. Which brings me to their basketball team. I don't know if you guys know this, but the uh, New Orleans Hornets are no more. They're now called the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Just gonna pause and let you take that in for a second. It's called they're called the Pelicans. Which is arguably the worst fucking name of any goddamn sports team. <clears throat> I, I I'm gonna motion I'm gonna make a a suggestion here. Any new team at this point, do not name your team after an animal. Because evidently there's no good ones left. There's 122 fucking teams, and I think just all the good, ferocious ones are taken. Unless you just want to go obscure and just start picking, like, names of, like, poisonous snakes and fucked up animals from different countries. Which, I don't know, why would you, why would you do that, you know? The New Orleans Taipans, you know? You wouldn't do that shit. The Pelicans. So I looked up their logo, and I'm like, if they made, like, a basketball net out of that bird's fucking double chin uh, I, I don't know what I was going to do but I looked it up and you know what they did conveniently is they, they got rid of its double chin like it had like a facelift so what I think they should do now if they're going to go like that if they're going to so horribly misrepresent that bird not have its giant fucking double chin and somehow have this streamlined chin you know uh, I, I think they should just they should just put those fucking you know those lips those plastic surgery lips that you got ah, fuck I, I am I even being remotely fucking funny on this goddamn podcast such a fucking handicap I can't hear myself right now I don't have my microphone it's like my kryptonite whatever make the fucking thing look like a Kardashian Kardashian's mom 
I'm actually, you know what? It's such a fucking. You know what I don't like about it? They they try to make it look cool. It's like if you're gonna be the Pelicans, just embrace it. And what you have to have is do do the cartoony version of the Pelican, right? Where it's got a cigar in its mouth and it's giving you the thumbs up with its fucking wing. You know, it's got a fucking beer in one hand or something, a cigar. You should just get a Hawaiian shirt. If you're going to be the Pelicans, you got to do that. Stop trying to make that bird look cool. It's not cool. Has this iron been fucking rocking like that the entire time? It's not fucking cool. There's two logos that really fucked up. The New Orleans Pelicans and then uh, the fucking Miami Dolphins, who never should have changed. They shouldn't have changed their logo. It had been—it was always a kind of a douchey logo, but it had been around long enough, and they'd done so many legendary things that you kind of like you respected it. I mean, when I saw that logo, I, I thought about Don Shula, I thought about Larry Zonka, Jim Kick, Bob Greasy, that whole era, Gario Yapremian, whatever the fuck his name is, and. Um, Gary Premium. That's why people used to go bald. You know, like fucking Lou Grant. Supposed to dumping these chemicals on your head and having that wisp of grass on top of your head. Uh, or I thought about Dan Marino. Mark Duper. Mark Clayton. All of that shit. That's what I thought about. And uh, for some fucking reason, they decided to change it, which I think is a desperate move at this point. They're trying to make more money because now everybody has to go out and buy. The new logo is never better. Look at the New England Patriots. I think we have like the ugliest fucking uniforms in the league. That awful silver with that, you know, whatever they call it, the flying Elvis on the side. I hate it. I've never bought. Wow, I just realized that. I've never bought anything with that logo on it. Never bought a jersey or anything. I've hated it from... Way back when Drew Bledsoe first came, it was it was more sky blue as opposed to the darker blue with that silver. I always just thought it was horrifically fucking ugly. Um, but the Dolphins' new logo. You know what? Their logo basically looks like... Do you know like when a corporation accidentally spills like nuclear waste into the water supply? So then they change their name and they try to come up with like a like a logo that makes it seem like they give a shit about the environment... Like BP did. You know, BP went from this logo that looked like they they drilled oil out of the fucking ground, like what they did, and then sprayed it on baby birds and fucking sweatshop children. Now they got that one, it's all green and yellow. Like, you don't know if they plant corn or... It just looks like grass and sunshine. That's what I feel like the new Dolphins have done. Is that what you feel like, Bill? Bill, considering you're not that funny this week, why don't you just read some of the letters? Instead of continuing to just flail as you're riffing. Um, All right, I'll get on to it. All right, here's the first one. Facial scare. Bill, a few notes. Oh, you know what? I'm just fucking up this week. I got got to read these last two uh, advertisements. I can't read them too late into the podcast because for some reason I think you you guys just shut these things off. Uh, All right, Hulu Plus, everybody. I'm sure you've tried Hulu.com. If you haven't, you should. But, uh, but if you've already tried Hulu.com, I want to tell you about Hulu Plus. <clears throat> Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit shows anytime, anywhere. Stream it on your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. Why stand in line or ride a train and just stare at your feet? You could be watching your favorite shows on Hulu Plus. 
Hulu Plus is a great way to binge watch your favorite shows. I'm going to use Hulu Plus to catch up on all the old Family Guy episodes I missed when I was on the road. I guess I'm always supposed to put in the show that I really want to watch. Um, Person of Interest. I think I'll do that. Um, Didn't see my episode of New Girl. That's on Hulu Plus too. And if I ever decide to watch Lost, which I won't, Hulu Plus is the place for all that. Hulu Plus is only $7.99 a month. That's $7.99 for all the shows and movies you can watch. Catch up on current shows, binge on your old favorite, or catch a great movie. You can do it all on Hulu Plus, everybody. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for a couple of weeks free on me when you go to the podcast page, BillBird.com, and click on the Hulu Plus banner, or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Please make sure you use the HuluPlus.com slash Bill so you get an extended free trial. And so that you know, also so that they know we sent you. It helps to, us to keep the lights on and gives you a better deal. One more time for the extended free trial, huluplus.com slash bill. All right. I'm reading very well this week, everybody. I'm going to pat myself on the back uh, and put a little pressure here. I bet I can go through this whole one without screwing up once. All right. Here we go. Legal Zoom. Most Americans don't have a will. But Why? You don't want government rules dictating what happens to your property and minor children, so why procrastinate? Most people say it's too expensive or too time-consuming. My answer to that is LegalZoom.com. Too expensive? You're going to love LegalZoom's reasonable prices. Too time-consuming? Most people finish the online process in just 20 minutes, and we're not talking some fill-in-the-blank form. Your will is state-specific and personalized based on your information. Best of all, LegalZoom has 12 years of experience helping people with important legal matters. It's National Make-A-Will Month, everybody, even though we're in August. So don't wait any longer. Go to LegalZoom.com today and get 15% off your last will. Ah, damn it, I was going to do it. Get 15% off your, yeah, it is, off your last will. Oh, last will and testament, is that short for that? I don't know. But this offer ends soon. Or get a living trust and you receive a pour-over will absolutely free. To get your, spe- your special discount, be sure to enter Burr in the referral box at checkout. For wills, powers of attorney, trust, and more, go to LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom can provide self-help services at your pre- specific direction or connect you with an attorney, but they're not a law firm. There you go. God damn it. I went 14-2 and two in the regular season, and I just blew the first playoff game. That's what I just did there. I pulled the Peyton Manning. Um, all right, where the hell am I here? All right, facial scare. <clears throat> where the fuck is it? All right, Bill, this past weekend I went to Vegas to visit my brother and his buddy who currently reside there. They actually caught your most recent show in Vegas and had a phenomenal time. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. He said, I left last Thursday from Tampa, and as soon I touched down in Vegas, I received an out-of-nowhere text from the girl that got away. I was shook. This broad used to live in Tampa about two and a half years ago, but she moved out to L.A. to pursue her career as an actress. The two of us attended the University of Tampa a few years ago and had an on-again, off-again relationship. Long story short, I was in a relationship with another girl. We went on break And I met this girl and was hooked. So anyways, her text said, hey, who are you going to Vegas with? Because I'm going to be there this weekend too. Uh, My guess is that she had seen my social media. She had been, my guess is that she had seen on my social media that I was going to be in Vegas. 
When I read the text, I was very surprised and pretty pumped because we hadn't talked in a long time. And like I said, she was the one that got away. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she also happens to be a really good person as well. Jesus Christ, people, what could go wrong here? We hooked up in Vegas and it was amazing to see her. We all went out, did our thing and had one of the best weekends I've had in my life. I'd give you more details, but you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. All right, you gave her the old meat hammer. Way to be subtle. Anyways, <clears throat> the reason why I'm writing to you, though, is because on the plane right back to Tampa, I was thinking about mine and this girl's relationship and all of our history. And a pretty comical slash genius story came to mind about her. I know this is getting long, but I hope it's not as long and boring as that guy writing to explain the fucking origins of Jimmy's a couple of weeks ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyways, like I said, when I first met her, I was immediately attracted to her natural beauty, beauty and her personality. She is one of these ladies who didn't have to wear makeup or do anything special to look sexy. However, one of the first weekends we spent together, I wake up in, with her in bed one morning. I go to give her a kiss and I am, I am immediately troubled. The way the morning sun was shining into the window on her face exposed something I wasn't ready for that early in the morning. This broad has dark hair, and for the first time I noticed she had some dark hair above her lip. Eesh. I was really surprised I didn't catch it before, but it wasn't a thick mustache or anything. It was just like the peach fuzz a 12-year-old boy has before he starts shaving regularly. Regardless, I was, taking, I was taken back, and from, that morning, and from that point on that morning, it was all I could notice. Ah, Jesus. Isn't it crazy how visual guys are? That's it. Take the most beautiful woman in the world. You put a, give her a mustache. We, we can't, that's all we can see. It's like I'm kissing fucking Burt Reynolds here. All right. So when I went home, I had to devise a master plan. Operation Mustache Removal. I like this girl way too much, and she was still very hot, with the ex- even with the stash. But I needed a way to get rid of it because I wanted to help her out while also helping myself. All right, now this is why I picked this one here. Listen to this guy. She's got a gorgeous fucking woman. Everything about her is perfect, except she has a fucking mustache. Now, how the hell do you bring it up to somebody that you care about, that they have a mustache, and it's fucking turning you off? There's no way to do that without sabotaging the relationship or, or really hurting the other person. The only way to do that is if you just completely don't give a shit about the other person and just say, hey, you know, if there's any way you could, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't I know how to fucking say it. Well, this is what he did. And this was genius. He said, uh, since we just started seeing each other, I didn't want to come out and say, babe, babe, you shaved today. Seemed a little self-conscious that it is. So I didn't want to tell her and embarrass her or anything like that. I needed a way to remove this stash without being involved. Hence, I did what needed to be done. Listen to this fucking brilliant conspiracy. I called my trustworthy buddy who was playing hockey in Canada at the time and told him I needed him to do me a solid dude. I filled him in on the situation and he was willing to help me out. Since he had a weird random Canadian number at the time, I gave him my chick's number and told him to text her and simply say, you have a mustache. I ordered him to say nothing else and not to respond under any circumstances. He texted me back about 20 minutes later and said, mission complete. So this fucking lady 
just to get you caught up in case you're confused here with my reading. She gets a random text from a Canadian number out of nowhere that just says you have a mustache. I can't imagine her fucking stomach must have dropped. It's when he goes, he, anyways, he goes, later that night, I met her at the bar and she was looking extraordinarily sexy. She seemed, she seemed to have a little pep in her step. I walked up to give her a kiss and I looked above her lip and the peach fuzz mustache was gone. Clean and soft as a baby's bottom. I was very happy how it played out. I helped myself out because that would have bothered me and I helped her become even sexier. Best part being, she had no idea that I orchestrated that mission. I didn't have to talk about it, bring it to her attention, and hurt her feelings or anything like that. I just had a broad with a clean upper lip. Thought I'd share. Go fuck yourself. Dude, that is absolute genius. And now I just got paranoid because I said what fucking school you went to and all that shit. I hope you don't get in trouble. But if you somehow your woman is listening to this, a guy does something like that, not because he's being a dick. It's because he cares for you. And... Uh, we don't know how to, uh, we, we, we don't have those skills. How, how do you tell somebody that? There's no way to do it. I think what he did was genius. Nobody got fucking hurt. You felt great about yourself. He cared about you enough, sweetheart, in case you're listening, that he came up with the plan that, you know, if he put it in another area, he could have, like, whacked JFK. So there you go. He came up with an enigma wrapped up in a riddle, however that fuck that goes. And uh, and you look even better. I would hope somebody would do that for me. All right. Girlfriend in Fantasy League. Hey, Bill, love the podcast. But, 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 thank you. I've been in a fantasy football league for 10 years. It was started by one of my best friends and has been the same 12 guys for a decade. I don't even know how bands have put... Uh, I don't even know bands that have been together that long. So this year, my buddy who started the league decided to boot out two lifelong members in favor of his girlfriend and the girlfriend of a friend of ours. Wait a minute. 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 minute. Did those other two guys who got booted, did they do anything? I mean, if he was going to add the ladies, why did those other two guys have to leave? Wow. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sucked into this story. He said, I immediately called bullshit and said point blank to his face. If she wasn't sucking your dick, then she wouldn't be in the league. Oh, dude. That right there is a game changer. You can't say it. What if he marries this woman? Always, there's a rule for you guys. Always be careful what you say about the woman your guy is with because you never fucking know. You never know. And I'm sure there's some listeners that have stories. And if you'd like to contribute them to the podcast where, uh, you know, what's even fucking worse is when your buddy, he says fucked up shit about the girl, you know, about what a whore she is in bed and she's fucking his brains out, blah, 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 and tells you all these, these details. And then the jackass ends up falling for her and then he has to fucking break up with you because he's not going to break up with her because every time he looks at you he thinks oh you know he, he knows how this girl my, my future wife sucks my dick you know anyways plowing ahead he's trying to defend his decision by saying she at least knows a little about sports dude this is awful this guy wasn't raised right man this is just this is fucking terrible 
He said the fact of the matter is that she is from New York and knows who the Jets are. That's the extent of her football knowledge. He thinks I'm overreacting. You're not overreacting. He didn't ask anybody else. You've had 12 for the last 10 years, and he just removed two of the original band members. Dude, this isn't even funny. This is like, this is really upsetting to me. He thinks I'm overreacting, but I think of it the same scenario if you had if you have one night a year to have a guy's night with your buddies and then you get to the bar, you see that your friend has invited his girlfriend to guy's night. Exactly. He even told me that she she's the one who asked if she could join, which obviously to me means he had no intentions of inviting her, but when he was backed into the corner, his ball shot up into his throat. And he couldn't say no, exactly. It's not just a fantasy league, but a clear indication that she's going to slowly start chipping away at everything else in the rest of his life. Exactly. In summation, his girlfriend wanted in and he crumbled and said yes. Am I reading too much into this? Am I overreacting? I'd like to know because he's getting pissed at me for being pissed at him. Absolutely not, sir. Everything that I was going to tell you, you already know and you wrote in this email. Okay? You ran down the mats. You went off the little fucking springy board. You hit the fucking hobby horse. You did your little fucking Mary Lou Lenton flip and you stuck the landing. You get a perfect 10 on that one, sir. You are 100% right. You know what? You know what my move would be? I would start my own fantasy league. All right? And I would invite everybody else in that fucking league. Well, I wouldn't do that because that's, that's a chick move. Make people decide. This is why I, I wouldn't be as harsh with him and just be like, no, dude, what you did was absolute bullshit. And I guarantee you, I would tell him it. She's going to start chipping away with you, at, at your life. Your balls are up in your throat. Um, but that's going to end your friendship with him. But here's the deal, dude. There are other fantasy football leagues to join. All right? And uh, that that's one of those ugly things about that chapter of guys' lives after um, college. You know, when you went to grade school together or you met them in college, guys in college or whatever, but you guys had this unbelievable bond, like you went to fucking war together. Um, if one of your friends is a pussy, you know, he has a, he has a chance of meeting somebody who's gonna splinter the group. You know, and this isn't an anti-woman thing. This is more like an anti-pussy guy kind of thing, where uh, you know there are controlling, suffocating people on both sides, men and women. And I know that there's women listening, and they've one of their best girlfriends started dating some fucking overbearing, insecure douchebag guy, and the first thing they do is they cut him off from their friends, and then it's the, the coworkers, then the friends, and then their family. And they stick him under a fucking little glass or something. So, uh, yeah, you know what, dude? The, the worst, the sad thing is, is you're, you're going to lose a couple of friends. Sometimes that happens. And uh, you just have to be content about it. And, you know, and I think it's really important for men and women to have men-only and women-only social events that they can go to once a week or a couple times a month and just hang out with the fellas and hang out with the ladies and just whatever. I think it's really, really healthy. It gives you something to look forward to. It gives you a place where you can just vent 
about your anything you fucking want in, in a group of people that 100% is going to understand and you don't have to worry about hurting anybody's feelings or offending on anybody. I think it's tr- it's really, really fucking healthy. And this guy's fucking with that. And uh, and he didn't put it to a vote. What, what is he, the grand poobah of this shit? I don't know. There, there's so many ways you can go with that, depending on, depending on how much you want to stir up the pot. You guys should put it to the vote. This would be great. Put it to a vote. Dude, have this be like your Arab Spring, but with a fantasy football league, and just vote that cunt out, and then you become the dictator, and you move into the palace. How about that? Whatever, dude. You're 100% right. I would just, I would choose my words a little more carefully. Um, don't say that he didn't have the balls. Just say, listen, this was something that we did together for 12 years, and uh, I'm really disappointed and shocked that you made this big a move and removed two other members and didn't include anybody else in it. I don't think that it was done right. And I think we should put this to a vote. That's what we should do. And if he gets mad and he starts yelling, don't lose your cool. Just keep stating your opinion calmly. And, you know, if he's going to be a bitch about it, let him be a bitch about it. And I would actually, for your own health... Dude, she, all the things she knows is the gen- – she's going to be like, wait a minute. Who's that? Oh, my God. I don't know anything. She's going to try to do that. You know that thing where women try to act like they're dumb because they think it's cute? You know what I would do, sir? I would just cut your losses. Just fucking – I don't know. The more I think about it, the more annoyed I'm getting. And it's ruined my fucking day and I'm not even in it. I don't even like fantasy football. All right. Banker cunts. All right, Billy Boy. Uh, so have you heard about these greedy cunts at Goldman Sachs? That was kind of a national story. What, did they do something else? You said they cornered a large share of the market in aluminum and then betted on the futures of aluminum with the price going up. Sounds illegal? It is, but of course those stupid fucking cunts found a loophole in the law. The loophole is that 25 tons of aluminum is supposed to leave the warehouse every day. However, the law doesn't specify where it had to go. So they would just send it to another warehouse of theirs, and technically it didn't leave the warehouse. In the New York Times article, they interviewed people who previously worked at these warehouses. They would jokingly send each other messages and say, hey, get, hey, get that, that shipment of aluminum. But really, they were just transferring it to an adjacent warehouse. Uh, I, I, this is, I don't even get what the fuck's going on here. Of course, Goldman Sachs has recently posted its largest quarter profit of over $2 billion. When can we take these bankers out into the street and just shoot them? All joking aside, this shit is insider trading and they should be prosecuted, but we know that won't happen. Uh, P.S. Know you're busy for a while, but when are you coming back to Atlanta? Uh, I actually don't know. I don't know when I'm coming back to Atlanta. You know what? That's one of those things I should have read that 20 times in a row and learned what exactly is going on. I think this is basically how they get away with it is that there's too many people like myself that don't even understand what was going on there. All that stuff, betting on futures, I don't even understand what any of that means. I was just in the stock market long enough to realize like, hey, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm, I'm, I, I basically felt like I was standing at a crap table. Uh, I put my money on a crap table in a, and I wasn't even in the casino. You know, I was in a different state and then I was calling somebody else up going, hey, how's the game going? 
You know, I saw a couple of stats at the bottom of the screen and I can't even read them. I don't even know if the game's even being played. That's what I can't get past about everybody listening to this podcast. You don't you don't have any of the money that you earn every week. You don't have any of it. You ever think about that? It's a number on a piece of paper. You take it to the bank, and then they stick that number in your ATM. And then occasionally you go to the ATM, and they give you a piece of paper that is only worth something because everybody says it's worth something. But you really have nothing of value. What you have is the piece of paper that's uh, part of the lie. So that that is the genius of all of this shit. And through penalties and fees and taxes and all that crap, they get you even further removed where you have to invest it. You know, why do I have to fucking invest? You can't, I don't know. You don't get anything. You don't get anything of fucking value. The only thing that has value is the lie. And as long as the lie continues, I mean, isn't this the month where we go to raise the debt ceiling every fucking year? Eventually that wave's going to crash. Um, I don't know. I hope when the wave crashes that all races and all economic levels somehow put down their differences and they all come together and we just start walking towards gated communities. All right? There you go. How much are you stealing that you have to live behind a gated community? They're, li- they're sitting there acting like they're, they're afraid that we're going to steal their shit. It's like you got your shit by stealing from us. All right? Anarchy? Sorry. All right, where am I going here? The next one. Low libido girlfriend. Uh, All right. Hey, Bill, I've been with my current girlfriend for two years and we've had our ups and downs, ups and downs relationship wise. But even at the lowest points, we still get back together. Okay. Is there a reason you get back together? Is it because you actually love this girl or are you just lonely and don't want to go through the pain of a breakup? Uh, the problem is, at this point in the relationship, it seems like I'm the only one interested in sex. Maybe it's just a man thing or how long we've been dating, but she's in her 20s and I'm 31. And we have the sex life of a middle-aged married couple, once a month or once every three weeks at best. She generally responds to my advances with disinterest or, at worst, annoyance. Do you think there is any ways to change this or are we just not sexually compatible. Go fuck yourself. Well, my gut tells me the relationship is over and it's been over. Um, Oh, you said ups and downs. You didn't say that you broke up. I read into that. Um, Yeah, you need to sit down and talk to her and just say, listen, uh, I just want to talk about her sex life. I feel like it's almost non-existent and when I try to get something going with you, I feel like you're uh, like I just completely turn you off you know did I do something and if in general if you're just not into me anymore just let me know because I'm 31 and uh, I should probably try and find someone who finds me remotely attractive when you think so it's kind of what I'm looking for in life somebody who actually gives a flying fuck that I'm shaking my dick in their face huh See, like right there. Look, you just look down. Just the mere mention of me shaking my cock in your face. No, sorry. Yeah, that's what I would do. 
Do you think there's any change of this, or are we just not sexually compatible? Yeah, this is all like a all relationship shit is communication. You have to sit down. For, when you want to communicate relationship, what I've learned, the best thing to do is sit down with yourself first. All right? Driving in the car, get all the yelling out. Scream at the windshield. Yeah? And what the fuck? I'm sitting there. I went over to your brother's house the other day. And what do I get? You know, just scream it. Get it all out. And then when you get all of that out, then you just do some self-analysis. And you try to break down the anger and be like, what am I really upset about? You know? What do I feel right now? I feel like I'm not being heard. I feel this. I feel that. And then what you, then you had to have this game plan. Okay? Even if you got to make like a set list, like a fucking comedian, and you just write down what you're feeling and the points that you want to get out, draw a smiley face at the end of it to remind yourself to not get angry because you're going to start the conversation. This works for both men and women. You're going to start the conversation so the other person is caught off guard. So they didn't get a chance to scream at the windshield. So they might start screaming at you. So your point, your, your main thing is not to join in and have the whole thing escalate. You just want to be heard. All right? So if you, in an adult way, just tell them what you're feeling without insulting them, it's always good for the relationship, even if the relationship fucking comes to an end. Uh, you're just pressing fast forward through a bunch of pain. So there you go. So I would just sit down with her and just say, yeah, I just feel like I repulse you to the point that I'm, you know, I feel hesitant to even even try to make a move on you. What's the deal? You know, see how that works out. All right. Roadhead accident. Hey, Bill, I took my lady out to a nice steakhouse for our anniversary. We had an awesome night. The food was expensive, but fucking great. We pigged out, and after it was all over, we left. We then went and seen a movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's a typo, sir, but I fucking... I know guys like you. We went out, we had all this meal, and we went out, we seen a movie. And at two hours... To let our stomachs settle. I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep. I would have felt, if I had a giant steak dinner, I would have got the itis. Anyways, then after we left the theater, we locked eyes in the car and we immediately wanted to fuck. Jesus, dude, you're killing it. Steak dinner, movies. Now you're gonna, you know, you got a woman who wants to jump on your dick. God bless you, America. Uh, so I threw the neon into drive and floored it towards home. However, she had the amazing idea to give me some roadhead before we got home. Being a dude, I had my dick out before she even got situated, of course. After a while of her doing this, she started to gag. Being a dude, I was thinking, oh, yeah, she can't even handle this dick. Jesus Christ, this guy's sparing no details. Sorry, ladies. Uh, Despite the fact that she had never gagged before. Oh, sorry, I missed the the self-deprecating tag there. He said, I was thinking she can't handle this dick, despite the fact she had never gagged before. Before I knew it, oh, no. All right, if you're squeamish people, just shut it off now. He goes, I felt a wet sensation on my balls. As I looked down, I noticed that she had thrown up all over my dick, balls, and general crotch area. (coughs) Sorry. Wow. Here's the bullshit. 
she was mad at me. What the fuck? She was so upset and embarrassed. That's what it is right there, sir. About about it that she hasn't come over in two weeks. Why is she pissed? She isn't the one that had the cleanest steak. All right, all right. Tell me what to do. Um, I got to tell you this. She's being really immature. She's embarrassed. She's embarrassed and... She's not being mature about this. Where, I mean, it was a mutual thing. It's not like you grabbed her by the back of the head and just slammed her head down there, you know? She was all about it. In fact, if I remember, before I can get that nightmare visual out of my head, it was her idea, right? We wanted to fuck whoever. She had the amazing idea to give me some head. Ah, she's a trooper. You know, this is what I would do. Send her a card in the mail. All right? And just, just tell her that, you know, you miss her. I, you don't view her any differently or anything. And just, just, just write something nice. I'd really like to uh, take you out for an ice cream. Even if you do throw it up all over my dick and balls later, I think it'd be kind of uh, soothing. You know, it is the summertime months and that crotch area can get a little hot. So I wouldn't mind a little mint chocolate chip around the pubes there. All right, leave, <laughs> leave out the last part. But I don't just send her a nice card. I wouldn't even bring up the incident. Just send her a nice card. Something cute. Nothing silly. Nothing fucking overly loving. Just something in the middle. You know what, sir? I think we actually found a new niche for Hallmark. They got to have one where there was something sexually weird happened and the other person is embarrassed and the other person doesn't judge him and wants him back. You could have those cards. Let's see if I can come up with one here that actually rhymes. Uh, Dear lady, you got a little shady. I still love you. Uh, I don't know. You puked on my dick and balls. I don't know how to fucking get yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, Wrap-ups. Okay, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Uh, once again, I feel absolutely horrible that people actually came out to that, uh, to the fucking El Paso show. I don't know what happened. I don't know if you missed an email or what, but it seemed like there were enough people showed up that the ball got dropped somewhere. I announced it here on the podcast. Um, I don't know. Anyways, my apologies. Wrap-ups. Okay, now that the show's over, don't forget to support our sponsors. This is really important. This is how I make money on this thing, and I don't have to charge anybody shit. Uh, once again, get started with a free 30-day trial of eVoice. eVoice gives you a toll-free number. Toll-free or local number so you can make business calls from anywhere and always sounds like you're at the office. Uh, right now, go to eVoice.com. Enter the promo code Bill for your 30-day free trial. That's evoice.com, promo code Bill. Or go to the podcast page, billbird.com, and click on the eVoice banner. Uh, support this podcast. Get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to the podcast page, billbird.com, and click the Hulu Plus banner. Or go to huluplus.com slash bill. That's huluplus.com slash bill. That's the podcast for this week. Uh, once again, my apologies to everybody who went down to the show in El Paso. I feel horrible about it. Everybody else, go fuck yourselves. Have a great week.
That's it. I'll talk to you later. Where's the stop button? There it is.